This week, we have been extolling the virtues of our MSc Building Surveying Programme, which is led by Programme Leader James Ritson, who's with me now. Hi, James. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Enjoying working from home and uh, trying to get over this current situation. As I'm sure sure we all are at the moment, a strange situation, hence why we're recording via Zoom, which a number of us have been uh, getting more used to over the, over the last few weeks. But, uh, you know, th- this is a chance to get to know a little bit about uh, yourself a bit more in terms of your discipline and your particular interest in sustainability and climate change. So I'll ask you a few questions on that. Um, okay. So, so first up, what challenges does climate change bring to the built environment? Well, I think climate change is actually part of a much bigger uh, issue that we have in the built environment. And I think actually encompassing really all of the man-made environment, which is sustainability in general. And I think the best way um, set of principles that uh, I know of is the UN um, Sustainable Development Goals. And I think that, you know, it's a big issue. And climate change is obviously one that's in recent years come really much to the focus, but it's, it's really a part of a much bigger agenda to make our world a more sustainable place. I think the biggest challenge that we face really is actually wording it in the sense of trying to create what we already have and making it more sustainable and more suitable for the future. I think that's actually probably one of the biggest challenges we're facing as humanity, be it food, water pollution, air pollution, and as well as other much more, shall we say, social challenges, the questions of equality, uh, the question of how we portray our history, that's very much come to the fore now. And I think that these are all actually linked to our man-made environment. And I think our built environment, as we've seen in the news recently, is quite explicit in that. And actually, we face quite big challenges in that. I think really probably the biggest ones that we we are seeing uh, from the built environment is actually how we use resources. Now, you know, I, I try and teach in the way we have to think of everything as a resource, you know, be it energy, be it um, water be it time, money, and we have to think of those, all of those resources as finite. And if we think of things in those terms and we begin to start understanding all those resources as finite and we've got to use them carefully and responsibly, reducing waste and so forth, I think we can begin to start building a more sustainable future. Uh, I think we waste a huge amount. Uh, I don't think we use our resources in the best and most efficient way, but we have to ex- um, have to understand that we are going to be using some of those resources, and we've got to focus on the way of being able to do that, particularly with our future developments and with adapting our current um, man-made environment, which I think is probably the biggest challenge. So those are some of the challenges you mentioned there. Some of the ways which um, we can make better use of our existing stock as well. Um, and then from a practical point of view, how can built environment professionals meet these challenges to create a more sustainable world? Well, I mean, building surveying in particular, we tend to focus on the, shall we say, the existing built environment, be it adapting it for the future, be it from anything as what we may consider to be mundane, but actually hugely important on a sustainability front on things like house buyers reports and dilapidation, handovers and so forth and things like that. They're absolutely key to it. As I iterated with the last question, one of the biggest challenges we're facing is not necessarily the new environment, built environment, but it's the stuff we already have and changing that. And when we talked about the challenges in the last question, 
those challenges are going to continue to evolve, be it the challenges that we're currently facing with this virus and how we are socially distancing, how we are going to open up our shopping centres, our high streets, our schools, our hospitals. You know, very much my current batch of students are really highly involved in that, be it from the shopping centre, you know, a facilities management point of view, be it, you know, dealing with the building stock of the NHS and so forth. We've, we're facing those and absolutely building surveillance is absolutely at the core of that because some of the stuff may be policy, some of them may be physical changes, some of them may be uh, iteration of management, but also on the things that we perhaps don't see in building surveying or we don't seem to see that things like our infrastructure. I think our infrastructure is really, really important. And I think one phrase, if you want to put people to sleep about the built environment, you talk about infrastructure. But actually, this virus has shown how important our infrastructure is. Our digital infrastructure allows us to have these Zoom meetings allows us to be able to communicate and be able to do that. But actually, the challenges of how do we get our public transport system safe? How do we do those? And again, those really do evolve in that. And I think that that is actually a really important point of how we develop the future. I don't think it's going to be just the case of something that we hear on the news and we constantly think about when we talk about sustainability, which is insulate, insulate, insulate. Actually, it's a much more visceral and broader topic and a sense of how we begin to adapt our man-made environment, our built environment to meet those challenges. And I'm afraid those challenges will be constantly evolving. And I think we need professionals who can adapt, uh, understand those challenges, understand how we can adapt the built environment and how we can meet those constantly evolving, uh, very important uh, challenges. You know, we teach that in the adaption and the analysis module. I mean, I, one of the things I do think uh, that we miss out is understanding that both the challenges and the envir built environment is absolutely key to our sustainable future. And there you're referring to building conservation, which is a key academic focus of yours. So yeah. as aside from your work as a programme leader for UCEM, what are your commitments with regards to building conservation and increasing your knowledge base on that subject? Well, I'm on the I'm an expert member of uh, uh, ICOMOS scientific committees. Now, ICOMOS is the uh, UN advisory group on world heritage. I look very much at what we can be doing building conservation, and I think we imagine building conservation to be very much about the historic stately homes, the big cathedrals, the you know, the royal palaces and so forth. But actually, it's a much more mundane affair as well. Uh, how do we deal with our Victorian housing stock? How do we deal with our local high streets, our town halls, our local schools? Um, and I think that there is that understanding. I think conservation does have this kind of high and mighty kind of sphere to it. And I think, we, you know, those who are members of the National Trust and English Heritage and various museum groups, you know, imagine the big and high and mighty, but it is actually very much the mundane as well. Our historic environment very much shapes us, be it the memory of the schools we went to, the churches we, you know, we got married in or children baptised in or the synagogues or the, the temples and the mosques and so forth. Our existing environment really does shape us. There's a famous quote that we shape our environment and then it shapes us. And I think that those kind of intentions must be understood. And I think we very much only need to see the news of the last few weeks of how statues and things like that have a, both a negative impact on us as well. And they can remind us of negative things. And I think 
conservation does have to draw on those questions. And I think one of the things that I would like to you know, really get across that conservation is about managing change and our built environment is always undergoing change, as is our climate, as is sustainability agenda. It's about the management of that change. It's not about preservation. It's about the management of change because, you know, our preservation, our restoration is about the management of that. You know, we have to, you know, put in new coatings on doors. We've got to repair things. But that is a change. And sometimes those change are minor. It could be a repair schedule. It could be a maintenance list for the coming year or the coming next five years, which we refer to as quinquennial. But it, they can be quite critical. And I think it's that management of change, which is something that we're really beginning to get our grips of and understanding on how we can adapt our Victorian housing stock on our older housing stock, how we can create our, you know, our, even something as, which sounds boring and things, but things like our sewage system, which in London was originally created in, you know, a few hundred years ago. And it's those kind of things do actually really do impact on us. Although we don't want to think about it. We don't want to think about where our, dirt is going when we flush the toilet unfortunately we do very much need to be dealing with that and i think that that is actually part of the kind of ecomos's agenda and actually and advising creating those international charters which then are are used to build upon national agendas which are then used to build local agendas and i think we have to understand that chain and also not just from the top up but also from the bottom down and i think that that's really come to the floor recently with the events in Hong Kong, the events in the States, the events in the UK, about how local agendas and about different groups' opinions need to be brought into that conversation. So I think that you actually say, how does my work impact on that? I'm afraid it's a constantly evolving thing. How do we advise people what to do about statues? Are they right to be preserved? And I think actually what we know about history and about conservation is we have written our history, but we need to constantly re-examine that. And we've got to then also understand that we are the professionals that are involved in change, and we have to be mindful of that sustainability change. And I think this is a good point to say sustainability involves the triple bottom line, and that is environmental, which is what we most people think of when we talk about the word sustainability, but actually does involve culture, social responsibility and economic responsibility. And I'm afraid a lot of my work is about finding the balance between that. You know, if we had an infinite money money pot, we could do a huge amount of change. But unfortunately, we don't. So it's about driving that agenda through at a kind of a more considered rate, trying to balance those competing agendas of economics, cultural and environmental, and trying to find a way forward to build a more sustainable future. I, mean, I, th I think you've covered it there I mean, with the next question, which is about, you know, what challenges are faced by the existing built environment in the face of changing sustainable requirements. And obviously, you know, I think the statues is a really great example as something which verges into ethics as well uh, when, when you're dealing with buildings and infrastructure. So I think that examining process is something which perhaps people wouldn't necessarily think of on the face of it with building surveying um but yeah, a great example can be a podcast that we do with the students about un declaration on human rights and we literally title the podcast why on earth am i reading the un declaration of human rights if i'm studying building surveying until you realize that the first ever 
legal action brought was under the declaration was brought because of planning. Um, and it's one of the foundation founding principles of our planning agenda to do with our towns and communities and planning uh, our right to housing our right to a place to work our right to education is a human right. And as building surveyors, we help provide that and we help maintain that. And I think that it is a it is a wider issue. I really wish it was just a case of all we need to do is stick solar panels on our houses and we'll be sustainable. I'm afraid it's much more complex than that. Uh, it's about how do we adapt that? How do we respect our our valued but you know heritage, but at the same time respect that some of that will be damaging. Um, there are parts of our history in every country which don't meet what we currently see as respectable and acceptable as well. And I think we have to be mindful of that. And I think that that's where we do really do need this top-down advisory role of, of the professionals and the experts in the field, but we also need to be recognised of the bottom-up approach. What What is the impact of preserving that? You know, what is the impact of that? And we have to respect people's views and also be mindful of advising people. And I think never more now in a generation which is dictated to by fake news and conflicting conspiracy theories and, and more driven by political agendas rather than actual science and things. Do we need professional advice? And I think that building surveying is very much one of the big things about a building surveyor is they're very much often dealing with that kind of interface between the everyday life and the much bigger scientific agenda. Actually, things like house buyers reports, EPC certificates on places of work and on of homes, you know, and actually advising the client on what is the things that they need to do, advising the client on lowering their carbon emissions, advising a business on their carbon commitments, is very much now part of the agenda of a building surveyor. And I'm sure to say by the time I retire, those agendas will move on to uh, other issues as well. And, you know, very much we've seen in different parts of the world, uh, one of the biggest barriers is not energy and pollution, but it's water supply. And so very much in the future, one of the UN development goals, which is why I use that rather than just the term sustainability, is on the access to clean water. It's the right to equality and the equality of education, regardless of orientation, sex and religious belief and so forth, I think very much they're going to come to the floor and I think very much they will become part of the remit that building surveyors are going to have to work to rather than just the traditional fields of bricks and mortar. So I think that will be a changing focus as we move forward uh, with our profession. And then just finally bringing it back to the MSE uh, programme which you lead, with sustainability, how does that tie into the programme? Well, we very much teach, uh, we use as the framework for sustainability, the UN Development Goals, and obviously different modules will pick up on that. We, we believe at UCM, and certainly through the Sustainability Committee, which I'm a member of there at, um, at UCM, we really do begin to start, you know, trying to weave this. And rather than seeing something as an isolation, so say carbon emissions, climate change, or something like that, that it's part of a web of a much bigger thing that we need to do. And, you know, very much when we're dealing with one issue, you have to be very careful that you don't create another problem. 
An example of this is when we focus very much on carbon emissions in the past. We've advised everyone to buy diesel cars because we believe that they have lower carbon emissions. But of course, we then realise that their the other airborne pollutants that they produce is not really suitable for urban environments. So we now are restricting diesel use in cities. So I think we're, what we're trying to do is in, in the programme is we highlight the youth, the sustainability goals and we highlight this balance that you're constantly as a professional trying to balance by saying, right, we need to support you know these groups of people. Actually, we need to be also very mindful that you're not disadvantaging other groups. A very simple question, you know, example I can give is I try to ban the word ban. Um, I think we very quickly want to say we want to ban cars in our urban environments. Well, actually we need to discourage the car use. But by banning it, you could be very much restricting another group of people. What happens if you are, you know, differently abled and the only way of you being able to get around successfully is via a vehicle? If you ban cars, you may very much start restricting the human rights of someone for the right of accessibility to a city. So very much we try to teach things like the new urbanism movement by trying to restrict but the word ban is very evocative. And I think that by trying to say we try to, one, one method I do, which is the half and double technique. So you try and half the bad things, so half carbon emissions, half car use, and double the good things. So double the amount of public transport, double the amount of accessibility to spaces. And you always have to do this over a finite period. So you make plans, you know, typically with buildings, we make five-year maintenance plans, uh, urban cycles. We sometimes talk in decade cycles. And we've obviously got a long-term goal in the UK, which is set at about 2050. Some countries, it's 2060. But within those cycles, we try and say, well, if we can half the carbon emissions from this particular field, or we can halve, you know, half the dirt, sulfur dioxide emissions... And if we can double the amount of car, uh, sorry, double the amount of electric cycle and public and things like that, that's actually a much more affirmative way forward. And because that allows you the flexibility to adapt. And I think we are going now to, to in the past where we've had this polarizing good agenda and bad agenda, we've now seen that there are actually shades of much more shades of grey in between. And I think that that's how we teach it. And that's how we kind of try and teach it on the course, that you have to you have a situation and you've got to be critical of the good and the bad points of that. And that's how we really approach it as part of the course. Yeah, so so there's the analysis of that. And, and I think what, what's a really good point you're making there and is so important when you're trying to change people's attitudes or behaviours is providing solutions and not just saying this is bad, stop doing that, but saying, as you say, well, here's the public transport options, you know, doubling that like, and then halving car usage and that. So it's, it's good to see that it's really weaved into the programme, the sustainability. And, and it comes across and also the social sustainability. I think that's really important. And I, I mean, you know, some of the leading thinkers now on climate change have talked about the real solution is going to come through social equality. I've been at a series of lectures. You talk about, you know, how do I build up my knowledge? I've been to a series of lectures recently. I'm a fellow at the Royal Geographic. I sit on some of their uh, working groups as well. 
Um, and a lot of the agenda has been looked at, particularly in developing countries, about the importance of empowering women as a need to meet those goals. And I think that that is something that we have to be very mindful of, that these are interconnected. You can't tackle climate change just by lowering carbon emissions. It's There are bigger agendas here as well, and wider agendas, perhaps, is a better word than bigger. Mm. You know, it's not, it, it is a very important way. And, you know, building Spain is a very international, as, as all of our survey, you know, RICS very much pushes itself as an international professional body. And I think these are global challenges that are going to need global responses, regardless of where your office or your education is provided. These are global challenges. And I think surveyors are very much at the forefront of being able to meet those challenges. So there we go. It's not just looking at buildings, <laughs> but, but no, so, so much more, much not, <laughs> so much more involved with that. Um, and yeah, really interesting to hear more about how you, how you teach sustainability and what you do, you know, your interests in it and your, your work with ICOMOS um, and, and in general, what challenges we're facing within the built environment and what, you know, our students and future professionals can then do to, to bring about change uh, to the built environment. So um, thank you very much for your time, James. Okay. And if you would like to find out more about the MSC Building Surveying Programme, please head to our website, www ucem.ac.uk and go onto our postgraduate page where you'll find more about our MSc Building Surveying Programme. Thanks for listening.